Welcome to the Story Life Podcast. Was that did, is that similar to what I did last time? I have no idea. You know, welcome. <laughs> Welcome, Welcome, yes, to the Story Life podcast. My name is Clinton Cornwell, and uh, I'm an independent filmmaker. I've directed two feature films, which are in their post-production processes right now, and about 15 other short films. And I am also the head of the film program at Tennessee State University. I'm Alan C. Gardner. Uh, I'm an actor, writer, director, producer, editor. I've written and produced uh, 16 features at this point and uh, either directed and edited or co-directed eight of <laughs> eight of those so yeah and then uh, i've also just recently started uh, a, a a coaching and consulting business with my friend clinton here yes me and alan own a business together story life creative uh where you can come for all your creative consulting needs uh me and alan both work as creative coaches and we're very encouraging, try and help keep you on task, try and uh, help discover or rediscover your inner artist that you that you have to offer the world. Yeah, we love helping other creatives. Basically, yeah, like Clinton just said, stay on track uh, with, with support, feedback and structure and just kind of helping pe- guide people, you know, from A to Z and make their the projects that they've been thinking about and dreaming about for a while make them into a reality is, is very fulfilling for us and very exciting. This is a creativity, art, and filmmaking-centric podcast where we talk a lot about our feelings, uh, specifically as related to independent filmmaking and living a creative life. Yes, absolutely. Lots of feelings, lots of film, lots of feelings on film. It's kind of what we're all about, trying to have an open dialogue. This is episode five where me and Alan uh, share a bunch of the struggles we were dealing with at the time we recorded this back in 2020. And also talk about networking and how disgusting we think that word is. And what's a better way to do it? (laughs) Were you rolling that whole time? I was, yes. Okay, good. Because I know what I'm doing. (laughs) You're getting there. I'm teaching you. You know, I'll have to be a bona fide audio man here in in a while. Yeah, yeah. stealing snaking gigs from you left and right. I'll just be uh, undermining it. Like, I'll be like, how much did Clinton charge? I'll do five bucks less. <laughs> Sorry, man. Oh, Got no, this, don't, my car don't, insurance yeah, don't premium. Don't you know how it this goes. Game. What's that? Oh, I mean, if you really need to. <laughs> desperate Sorry, times, Clinton. man. I got two, for desperate measures. I got two kids. <laughs> Had to snake your audio gigs. I would never. I would never. Um, I don't get paid enough for it to be worth your time, anyways. <laughs> Ooh, no matter the cost, Clinton, I would never, I would never screw you over. I would never <laughs> slow you down the river, stab you in the back. Are you religious? Uh, am I religious? No, no. Okay, I didn't think so. I was like, did, did I miss something? Why? Why do you think religious? Where did that come from? Because you said what, you're a man of the cloth. Oh, a man of the cloth. Did I say that? Yeah, you just said that. Oh no, I said something else, and you misunderstood me. You're a man of the clock? I don't know what I said. I said I would never... I'm not a man of the claw? I would never sell you down the river. I would never stab you in the back. I would never something else. Nothing about being a man of the cloth. No, you definitely said I would never I would never stab you in the back. I'm a man of the cloth. No, I did not. You know what's beautiful about this? <laughs> is that we're recording this conversation. So later on, we can just go back and check the... Uh, yeah. Check the tape, as it were. I wish every conversation I mean, was recorded for this very purpose. So when someone said, didn't you say? I could be like, no, and then prove it. Ooh, no matter the cost, Clinton, I would never I would never screw you over. I would never slow you down the river, stab you in the back. 
No matter the cost, Clinton, I would never, I would never screw you over. I would never sell you down the river, stab you in the back. Regardless. Yeah, memory is a really messy thing, and in misunderstanding is, uh, you know, we we uh, don't give enough credit to how often misunderstandings just happen between two people talking directly at each other. And I think, as we touched on briefly in a previous episode, that's kind of like one of my my big pet peeves, one of my hangups, and one of my constant fears is being misunderstood. Whether it's like a literal misunderstanding, like oh, they like just now. Uh, I mean, that didn't really, you know. Uh, freak me out too much but like where someone just mis- literally misunderstands the words i'm saying or they misunderstand my intention or like what i'm trying to say yeah that's a big one i feel like me. that's the basis of every fight i've ever had in a relationship yeah that's probably the basis for a lot of them for for me too yeah or just that feel like you know when even whether you feel like you're being misunderstood or also those are the moments too where you feel like whatever you're everything you're saying is just kind of coming out wrong like you yourself aren't able to articulate uh yeah what you're trying to say your thoughts your feelings anyway tough stuff glad we're diving right <laughs> into our our fears and insecurities that's, i mean that's what this is all about really yeah that's what it's becoming that's <laughs> more than anything alan and clinton talk about their insecurities yeah i mean we could certainly fill i mean several episodes of a podcast with just insecurities i'm i'm sure um, well, oh. I don't think, I mean, it's it's important to know, I don't think we're especially insecure people. No. We are just maybe especially <laughs> uh, willing to talk about it. I think we're especially willing to talk it. about it. I think we're especially aware of what our insecurities are. I think we're pretty yeah. in tune with our feelings and insecurities. No, I don't think in particular, uh, it's, I, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a, I don't know how I would describe it. Okay, because I'm very confident in a lot of ways. Um, I'm very sure. Which ways are you confident? I guess I'm confident enough to like, you know, say what I have to say, like put myself out there. I'm confident enough to like, you know, in a social gathering or whatnot, I'm confident enough to like talk to people who I might not know or to toss a joke out there or what have you. Just, you know, generally confident, not always, but for the most part, like, you know, confident in those kind of social ways and confident enough to, you know, make movies and, and go up on stage and do this, that and the other. Which, ironically, yeah. or not even ironically, a lot of those things that I do are fueled by my own by my insecurities. So, but I'm com- I'm confident enough to uh, create art that uh, expresses those insecurities through a narrative. I-, I think overall, I'm pretty confident. But I definitely have. I'm definitely very sensitive. Uh, you know, grew up with a lot of insecurities, like we've talked about before too. Just the general feeling of not being good enough, uh, not being worth loving, uh, so on and so forth. But I've worked a lot on those things. Anyway. Yeah. What about you? Would you? How would you describe? No, your- that's an interesting. I was just thinking about. You know, I don't. I mean, I think these are a lot of things maybe I've internalized, but don't, not explicitly thought about. Um, I think it's. You know, it's not as much. Is this person confident? And is this person like insecure or whatever? Like, right. I think you know everybody sort of has a equal like yin and yang of confidence and insecurity. Like they both exist constantly at the same time. You know, like. Even when I'm doing things I'm confident at, there are still insecurities sure. you know, lurking in the background behind that. I think the bigger difference, and maybe this is essentially the same thing of what we call a confident person or whatever, but it's like which side of those things are you letting draw drive the bus, so yes. to speak? You know, it's like if you are putting faith in the things you are confident in that you believe in yourself about and and letting those things guide you. 
then you come off as a more confident person. Whereas if like you're you're letting fear and insecurity stop you from doing things and being inactive, then like you're a more yeah. insecure seeming person. Yeah. No, I was actually just thinking the same thing. Yeah, it's very much so the case because yeah, I mean a lot of times when I'm doing things that people would in general, you know, describe as confident, I suppose. Yeah, I've got a lot of like, you know, being on set um a lot of days, especially the first day of any production. Uh, or generally the first day, like, you know, I've, I'm kind of, you know, so many insecurities and so many, especially when I'm directing, but I kind of like lead with confidence though. And I just don't let those, as you said, like insecurities drive the bus. Um, I just kind of keep putting one foot in front of the other. Cause I have my conviction, my conviction overrides my, my insecurities, my conviction, my determination yeah. to put myself out there, um, in spite of, or sometimes because of, you know, my insecurities and fears. Uh, is what kind of like leads the way. It's funny because actually in high school, like, I remember as I started becoming more naturally confident and kind of like owning who I was and, you know, finding my footing, I tried to make sure that like, because sometimes I would err too much on the side of then at least feeling you like became I became getting... confident in high school. What kind of super freak are you? <laughs> I did. I started getting, you know, it was a simple equation. Like I started getting more confident. Oh man. Like when I was like 10, 11, 12, pretty much not confident at all. I, I, I had confidence in my jokes. I had confidence in I knew how to go up to someone and tell a joke that would make them laugh. But that was like prefaced by a lot of like sometimes even hours of like, you know, formulating that joke, or, like figuring out like what would make that person laugh and like kind of like crafting that joke. <laughs> anyway, um, but then once I turned 13, I started finding, figuring out like more and more confidence, like gradually here and there. And just incrementally more so as I went throughout high school, like 14, 15, 16, 17, 18. Anyway, so I got to the point where I was like, oh, I've got to make sure I'm not being cocky because I didn't want to be cocky. And sometimes I think cockiness was just like things where I actually didn't feel that confident, but I was trying to put it on a little bit more because cockiness is kind of like hollow confidence. You know what I mean? It's kind, yeah, of, it's kind of bullshit. It's kind of still very much so like, you know, fear fueled. Well, I think too cockiness is like sort of also something that can just be perceived by people who are threatened by a confident person, too, as well. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, for sure. I agree with that, too. I think the things that I've always kind of like been afraid of becoming, like, you know, I was never really like, I'm sure I definitely had moments where I was cocky because I was still, you know, not that far out of being like completely insecure when I was a teenager. But I was so afraid of becoming because I never wanted to be, you know cocky or arrogant or, or this that or the other so anyway basically all the things that like i'm afraid of being or have always kind of been afraid of being like i go through different phases of like you know being afraid of being this kind of person or this kind of person because yeah. uh, you know bottom line and it's a very simplistic statement but it's very true like I, you know ultimately i just i want to be a good person like i want to be a kind good person and that's kind of like all when it comes to, like the quality of my character or the qualities i want to exhibit like that's kind of all that matters is like kindness and compassion like everything else is great like any other qualities that people want to you know positive qualities or whatever are great but yeah. like if i don't have those then like it doesn't really matter to me since i'm so vigilant about being you know a good person and a good father and a good this that and the other like sometimes like my neuroses you know my fear of you know being the opposite basically like, i know that i always will be those things because and i won't become an asshole or a shitty father. Because you won't become pl complacent in those things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I'm so, like, every day I think about these things. Like, I actively try to, like, you know, uh, pursue those ongoing goals. You know what I mean? I don't just want to, like, mm -hmm. rest on my laurels. Like, well, I guess I'm a pretty good, like, you know, a decent guy. Like, I, I can, you know, relax on that now. It's like, no, every yeah. day every day you got to put in the work, Clinton. 
<laughs> I mean, it is. It is. You 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 live your life one day at a time. <laughs> Absolutely. All right. I've just been ranting about a lot of things that you know are on my mind. I, I um, asked you questions. You know, I I enjoy your rants. If I wasn't enjoying your rant, I'd cut cool. you off and move and change Thanks. topic. So Thanks, buddy. We didn't talk about. We forgot to set goals for this week. So, but I, I'll Did just we? we'll just talk any. Yes, we okay. we kind of we logged off without doing that. Okay. Which is fine. Well, I guess I just kind of kept pursuing uh, the goals that I had in my own mind. <laughs> in my own mind, then. Um, which is that? How do you how do you feel like you've been productivity wise over the last like ten days? Good, really good. Um, I mean, I'm definitely like in a really good place with. Uh, so, Breaker Breaker has been the big you know project wise thing that I've been working on lately, um, fleshing out that treatment, getting that done, and I'm basically now I would say like. I'm going to go back over it again, but I'd say the treatment is essentially done and it's pretty detailed. It's pretty thorough. But now I'm like with this project, what's kind of interesting for me now is like, so I've got basically the treatment done, but now I have to write a couple songs because, you know, it's it's a movie about these musicians. And a lot of the songs I'm going to write with my my friend uh, Edward Herta, who's a great musician, and probably some too with Matt Gilliam, who's going to be in it as well. Um, Mm -hmm. But, you know, I've written some songs. I'm not really, I would not consider myself to be a musician. I know a lot, you know, I'm learning. I'm learning how to play guitar. I'm going to take vocal lessons. Um, And I've done some songwriting. But, yeah, it's not like, you know, I wouldn't, you know, it doesn't say songwriter on my business card, basically. Um, But I'm excited to write more songs. Because I think there's like eight songs, like, featured, like, in the movie and in the play. And the whole story kind of follows the writing of one song these two guys as they write a song together. So yeah. I do feel the need to, you know, so while a lot of it can be like, you know, placeholders until I get into songwriting sessions with, with Eddie and then maybe with, uh, with, with Matt as well. Uh, you know, I can just like describe like uh, songs that are featured a little less, like, Oh, I can kind of like describe like the feeling of this song, like in the text, you know what I mean? Like in the script, but mm-hmm. for the main song, like I want to go ahead and write that. I mean, I could still change it once I, you know, work with Eddie but for the sake of reading it, you know what I mean? I don't want to really leave much. Yeah, absolutely. Place so yeah, that makes sense. Basically, I'm right. So because the whole yeah story revolves around the creation of the song. So I'm done with the treatment, but now I'm writing the song. And then I'm going to write that one. And then there's another song that they reference a lot uh, that plays a big part in it as well. So I'll probably go ahead and write that one as well. So I probably need to write two songs and then I'll start typing out the script proper sounds like you're keeping keeping on it yeah 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 i feel i feel really good about the progress with that one of my brother-in-laws uh shane he gets uh old computers from from his job uh that they don't need Mm -hmm. anymore so i have an old um imac now that it seems like it's pretty like it's working pretty well i just i started up today i got it yesterday and so i'm gonna try uh because I think I was, you know, with my laptop, the main issue was just that yeah, it was yeah, yeah. so slow with editing. You can try some editing. Yeah, but already, like, when this computer, like, you know, I'm able to load up Premiere, like, so much faster. And it seems like oh, that's good. the timeline's working a lot faster. So I'm like, oh, I might actually just be able to edit the new, you know, Baby Come Home on this and not have to spend the money on a new laptop just yet, at least. Like, I'm going to have to get another one soon, but, you know. Yeah. This could buy me some time. So I'm, I'm happy about this. So basically, I got... Yeah, Premiere installed on here, and then Pages, 
uh, which is the main you know program I use for writing documents. And then I'm trying to find my old damn Final Draft customer number so I can get Final Draft on here. And anyway, and then those, <laughs> those in Google Chrome, that's basically the majority of what I use on a computer. Yeah. So yeah, so I'm, I'm excited about that. Um, and then, like I said, it has a has an SD card reader, SD card reader that works. So there you go, a nice uh, little temporary solution to all your problems. Yeah, yeah. So this has been helpful. So that was when I was when I was saying, like, oh, good news. Like uh, right before we started rolling, that's what this this that was what I was referring to. Um, cool. Yeah, because I'm like, oh, if I can edit on this, like that'll that'll help out a lot, and I can save me, you know, brother-in-law coming through. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, it goes like a bunch of little things I've had to take care of. Um, Health insurance stuff and car insurance stuff now, as of a few minutes ago, and uh, <laughs> so on and so forth. But no, overall, I, I feel I've had a really great uh, last ten days since we last last spoke. So yeah, that's good. Yeah. Mm. What What about you? Uh, I'm I'm keeping relatively productive. I'm sort of in a little bit of a weird space because uh, I'm sort of I've written all of the short scripts that I need to write. And now I'm kind of hunting for one more idea a little bit. And I kind of have some floating in the air. So I haven't been, I haven't had as concrete of a thing to work on this week. You know, but I also think that giving time to sort of not do anything, to not always be jotting things down on a page is good too. Like I don't want to make the creative process like completely painful for myself. Um, I want to be able to work on some stuff that I'm excited about. Yeah. And I'm and you know I'm I'm waiting on other people for a lot of things too. Uh collaborating with it. I think I listed it out to my friend. I'm like waiting on like seven or eight different people for various things and sort of giving swapping notes back and forth on them. So that's kind of its own little daily thing. I've been collaborating especially with this uh composer on 12 months. Their name is Breakmaster Cylinder. I don't know if it's a he or she. Uh they're mysterious. Yeah. Uh so that's been fun. <laughs> How did you meet them? Um then they're kind of a kind of a big music deal, sort of. They do a lot of podcast music and stuff. Uh, specifically, what I know them from is uh, Reply All. They do all the music for Reply All, which is one of my favorite podcasts. And I just, um, you know, Cold reached out, and they were willing to work on the movie. So I love working with musicians. It's one of the things that you know I'm excited about with Breaker Breakers is getting to delve deeper into the music process there. So. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. This is my first time really collaborating like this with a composer, and it's interesting because it's all online via email and stuff. And so um, it's been an interesting and fun experience. Uh, and I really like the music so far. I think it'll bring a really great, unique sound. They have a Breakmaster Cylinder has a definitely a unique sort of style. Um, so. Uh, excited to see how the full result is. Cool. So, networking. Can we talk a bit about today's topic that Clinton's come up with just right now? <laughs> networking. Yes, we can talk about today's topic that Clinton has come up with. How do you feel about networking? Like networking like in the room, so to speak? Like at... Just the general... You know, we talk a lot about this industry about like, oh, networking is so important, blah, blah, blah. Like, yeah. you know, just that concept overall and like what kind of value do you place on it in your life and how do you I kind think, of go about it if you do? I think... I feel like we we have a similar... Because networking can be like such... A, <laughs> I think in, in both of our minds, like such an ugly word or such like a... Um, here's what I do love, which is very much so like... If I were to describe like my relationship with you and how this came about, I would say I wouldn't 
I mean, maybe some people could say like, oh, there was some networking involved. But for me, it was more like, oh, we just connected. Like we were connecting. You know what I mean? Like I saw mm-hmm. some of your work and res- and res- really responded to it. And then you saw some of mine really responded to it. So then we just reached out to each other. And then like, here we are. You know what I mean? So there was nothing, I guess for me, like when I think of, you know, like the way we connected, it was a very pure thing. And I think sometimes, it, you know, this might be unfair too. Like there's nothing inherently wrong with networking at all. It's something we need to do. But sometimes when I hear that word, I think of, I don't know, just someone like, just bullshit. Like someone kind of like, uh, not conniving, but you know what I mean? You, you know what I'm trying to say? It can have a negative spin, like in my mind. But yeah. It, it doesn't necessarily need to be that way. Like for me, it's like when I network or whatever, like I feel like I'm just trying to like, I like actually reaching out to people whose work I, res- I, I enjoy. And, you know, I want to strike up like a, a, a friendship or, or, you know, and, uh, you know, maybe like a collaboration too, like. But it comes from that kind of pure place as opposed to like, all right, let me see how I can like elevate my, you know, career here. What about you? I essentially have stopped networking. (laughs) And in terms of how we talk about it in industry, I think there's this sort of idea that it's like, oh, I'm going to meet with this person and then like amazing things are going to happen. Like, you know, it's sort of like uh, that South Park episode with the underpants gnomes. It's like step one, steal underpants. Step two question mark step three profit right (laughs) it's like step one i'm gonna network with this person step two eh, eh? and then step three is gonna be profit somewhere somewhere in the future which like it just it just doesn't in my experience it just does not really work that way and maybe that's me as as somebody as a filmmaker right and this is definitely the perspective of an independent filmmaker right what it comes down to is usually i only end up really having career relationships with somebody that either I have an interest in and I'm willing to sort of pursue or they have an interest in me and they are willing to pursue me. And so, you know, there sort of has to be a mutual, It's this almost sounds romantic, but there has to be sort of a mutual interest and a mutual uh, gain for interacting with people, right? It's not yeah. like you can just interact with somebody who's in a specific position and all of a sudden they're going to like love you and like accelerate your career career usually uh it's it's a two-way street and it's about crafting a a real sincere relationship with somebody because you are interested in them as a person and in their work and um it's just a normal human connection and not any sort of like very business centric Yes. transaction right we're on the same page with all that for sure which i mean i guess at the end of the day maybe that that is just what networking is right but i think that's not really like how i hear a lot of people talk about it and how people approach it and so you know i think earlier in my time here in la i would take a lot of meetings with people that i just thought were somewhat interesting but i didn't necessarily see any way to further connect with them now i pretty much only ask somebody for coffee if i really have some clear intentions with them does that make sense like yeah either i really like their work and am interested in specifically in that moment pursuing like some sort of project with them or if it's an actor and i want to get to know them to potentially cast them or some like a dp and i want to get to know them to potentially like have them shoot a thing you know, unless there is like some clear path forward like that, I just don't really take a random meeting anymore. Yeah, because for the most part, like the people I meet with, it's again, kind of like our situation where, you know, I just felt like we connected and we responded to his work. 
So yeah, of course, like, I, you know, want to meet up with this person and just at the very least, like have a good conversation. And then every now and then, like if someone reaches out to me, I mean, obviously a lot of stuff, you know, I'll respond to, you know, pretty much like every email that someone sends, even if I feel like we're not going to wind up working together, whatever, but if someone reaches out to me out of the blue, like, you know, I, I will write, write them back for sure. And, um, there've been a couple, you know, times I've gone like to lunch or meetings. Like if someone like, you know, offered to buy me lunch or whatever, and wanted to discuss like something, then, you know, I pretty much won't say no to a free, <laughs> to a free lunch, but yeah, but then I'll just like see what the situation is and kind of like kind of go from there. So yeah, no, on, on the other, if anybody, I mean, and it's pretty rare, uh, frankly, but if anybody reaches out to me and wants to meet with me, I, I pretty, if, if, if at all possible, I always take that, that meeting just because I, I want to be able to sort of, uh, pay it back or help somebody out if, yeah, if yeah, they yeah. are in need, uh-huh. but I don't find that that happens that often. Frankly, I think generally people are <laughs> in our current society and maybe in the culture of LA, people are not great at reaching out when they want to meet with somebody. I feel like people are maybe worried about coming off as needy or something, but someone I'm able to get, a, like it's, if I'm enthusiastic about someone's work and I'm able to get a hold of them by some means, like, you know, I want to reach out. And just to at least let them know I appreciate their work. You know what I mean? And if something else comes from it, great. Otherwise, like, I just want to let them know, like, what I, you know, what I what I feel about what they do. And so, yeah, I guess it's kind of sad to me that there might be some people who hold back from sending those messages because, you know, for any reason, really. Because, um, yeah. I, I don't know, I like, for me, it's like there's you know, one of the greatest qualities there is, in, is unabashed, like, enthusiasm. Like, I love it when people are just are very enthusiastic about something, very passionate about something, engage with something, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. And where they just like put it out there without any worry about, oh, how they're going to come across or like, oh, you know, without trying to be cool or play it cool. I don't like, oh, it's one of my biggest pet peeves, like when you, people play it cool. I, I don't know. We've all done, like, you know, especially yeah. when, again, we're more insecure, like we've all done it, I'm sure. But yeah, man, like, just, yeah, unabashed, th- <laughs> yeah. One thing the world always needs more of is just unabashed enthusiasm and people just expressing like, you know, a positive feeling about whatever it may be. What we're talking about, like we come at it from a very human place, like I'm a very like connecting person to person. Whereas I guess when we think about networking, quote unquote networking, we think of more like a careerist kind of mindset, like someone like engaging with someone else, mostly for strictly career oriented reasons right and again nothing's anything inherently like wrong with that at all it's just i yeah i like actually i like you know what we enjoy which is actually like connecting with someone and then if something like you know quote unquote like beneficial to your career like comes from that uh cool but that's not what's at the heart of it you know um because it's similar yeah, thing, like you know no, the definitely. reason we make the reason we make movies and the reason we tell stories isn't because we woke up one day like i know what would be like a good career like a good like you know what would be like financially like lucrative and stable and something that would you know what i mean like that's not why we get into it we get into it because like oh like we get really excited about uh movies and stories and like uh we love what you know um the work that people create that really you know inspires us and lights us up like we're that engaged that we like when we were younger, like, oh, I got to, you know, I want to do this too. Like, you know, then we have these stories and feelings that we have to share. So, you know, it all comes from there for guys like us. So that's what, you know, makes sense as well. You know what I'm saying? Like the reason that we connect with people, the reason we have communications with people is the same because of the same impetus, because we're 
excited about something and it's genuine and we want to like you know yes. put, it, put it out there no, no i try i try and make all of my interactions very personal and very much invest in the people emotionally uh that i am working with and so that starts with day one of like having a coffee meeting or you know, meeting somebody for drinks or, or whatever it is, even if I am meeting with somebody for specific sort of work or business type reasons, I still am fully investing and caring about that person as much as if I was just meeting them for like a friendship. Yeah. Because I think all of that's sort of like intermingled, right? You cannot you cannot significantly interact with somebody without developing some sort of relationship with them. And so you know, I always intend to, you know, make all of that as as responsible and as real as possible, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. One thing I will say, though, is nothing nothing is built without you building it. In terms of, like, if you want a relationship with somebody, right, if you want to get to know somebody better, if you wish they knew you better, you need to be proactive about it. Right. Like, and you need to have follow-up, right? You can't just meet with coffee meet for coffee with somebody one time and expect some like beautiful relationship to like flourish out of that. I mean, it does happen, right? So sometimes two people just really click and like, and, and that, that is that, but that's a, that's a very rare experience. If you really want to build a relationship with somebody, it takes multiple steps, many meetings, many instances of sort of interaction. And, you know, it helps like if you are the one being proactive right proactivity from one end of the 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 relationship often creates proactivity from the other end of the 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 relationship so for example in our case right we hung out at a film festival uh dances with films i god i want to say it was 2015 26 Um, 16 yeah one of those one of those ones i think we had coffee Several months afterwards, so yeah. there's there's one follow up point, yeah. right? Yeah, we and then we we had little messages. I feel like back and forth there for a right. couple years, once every like six months or something like that. Right, and then I reached out to you because I specifically had reasons I wanted to talk to you about like film di- distribution and ask you some questions about how your films have been going and stuff, and right. then it's kind of continued to build from there right you you needed some sound equipment for me and like you reached out to me about some other things and then you know we met for drinks and it's like it just it just kind of it kind of it was a very slow building snowball yes but it took action on both of our parts in different ways to continue to build it to now where we're like talking every week and know all these intimate details about each other's lives right well one like we didn't we don't live like anywhere near each other especially now i live even further from you now and vice versa (laughs) and we both have you know a lot going on and that's you know always kind of been the case so yeah we did make a point of when i don't remember who initially you know via like facebook messaging like who reached out first but regardless um yeah we we met up i remember we met up at um i remember the spot i think it was like a not like a barbecue spot or whatever anyway we grabbed coffee somewhere near uh where you work and then yeah mm-hmm. it was a while after that i think you sent me another one of your your shorts yeah then we, we watched more of each other's work and then like we met again like i don't even know like a year or so later yeah like you said we each made a point of staying in touch with the other and to me too you know because like again like we don't live that close and we're so busy 
like that goes to show that with each other as people and as creatives, like we really responded to each other. Otherwise, we it wouldn't have been that kind of st- you know what I'm saying. Like otherwise, it would have just been that one meeting, if even that, and that would have been it. Yeah, definitely. And I think I mean that reminds me of a good point. Is like we've both invested in one another. Like we both watched multiple pieces of each other's work right we've been both both been sort of pursuing this with a with a certain enthusiasm and if that was lacking probably on either part then it wouldn't have continued to advance i'd say right you know i think that's important to keep in mind is just like anytime you're you're having these interactions and you're wanting to sort of quote unquote network with somebody or create a relationship with somebody if you're not first doing your part right it's automatically going to fail. You can't sit around and wait for somebody to show you that they're going to invest in you before you invest in them, right? Because if you're not investing, it's just automatically going to fail. Yeah, I remember like being really excited when you, you, you reached out to me a few months ago with uh, 12 months and like wanting me to watch it. And I remember like I was, it was hard for me to find the time at the moment. Like I was really excited about doing it. Like I really wanted to do it. I was just like, okay, let me carve out, you know, the time to do like, so I can give it my attention. And then I remember, like, when I clicked on it, like, oh, like, the link had, you know, expired. You already gotten your round of notes uh, or all the notes you needed from that round. But I remember being like, oh, no, I I still want to. Like, if you do need more notes, like, please send it again and I'll make a point of, like, jumping on it, which is what happened. So, again, that very much goes to show it's like, oh, no, I I really wanted to watch your movie (laughs) and to be able to give feedback. Um, Because, yeah. I was definitely, you know, excited about you as 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 an artist and also, yeah, invested in you as a as a person like you were saying too. And I mean, and then further back from that, you had watched shorts of mine, right? Like early on in our coffee meeting time, like you actually took the time. Yeah, exactly. I was already a to, fan of your work, so that's why I was even more excited about watching your first feature. You know, later on I watched a couple of your features, you know, and the, you weren't there like begging me to watch them or anything like that. Like, like I took I took it upon myself to spend the time doing that, you know. And so each of these things sort of leads to the next, right? Right. Uh, so now now that we've talked about our love story. How committed, uh, how invested we are in each other. Yes, uh, exactly. Well, yeah. I mean, you know, it is it is a lot of ways like a, like a romance. Like friendships, relationships all, of all kind take maintenance and they take effort on both parties yeah, to yeah, work, yeah. you know. And that... That's no different in a in a professional relationship, or I yes. wouldn't even call ours a professional relationship. I, you know, it's it's definitely that's that seems like a lower level. It's more than a professional relationship for sure. But just any type of relationship, it just demands that that maintenance, and there's just there's no shortcut to that. Right. Yeah, I agree. Can you think of any big quote unquote networking success stories for yourself? I mean, no, it's like you know, you can't help but. I mean, it always means a lot when anyone connects with your work, of course. But there's also a certain kind of like, you know, uh, geek, geeked out kind of rush when it's someone whose work you know and enjoy already. You know what I mean? Um, mm-hmm. From throughout the years, like someone who like, you know, you know, by name, like, oh, it's so and so. And oh, they came and saw my movie. and Oh, they really liked it. Like, that's always, you know, kind of fun. Yeah. And I've had, you know, a few experiences like that. Like Eddie Jameson is one. I don't know if you met him at Dances with Films. Um, Mm -mm. but I always really enjoyed his work and he was very nice and I really liked his movie. And then, uh, yeah, we stayed in touch and then I still haven't worked with them, but we've come close. Uh, we came close on a couple things. Um, but hopefully at some point we will. And then same with like, uh, uh, Jason Ritter is really nice guy as well. And like Rob Benedict and Richard Spate Jr. Who I have worked with those two guys who are awesome. 
So, I mean, that's just always kind of cool, you know, when it's someone that, yeah, whose who's work you know from over the years. Yeah. I don't know. Like, Do you have an instance of something that was just kind of like sort of a cold meeting or something like that and that ter- that ended up spinning into something more? I know we've already, again, talked about our, <laughs> our platonic love story, but like, you know, when I sat down with you and like you had really, yeah, I could tell you really like, had responded to uh, my work. I mean, that was, you know, hugely gratifying as well. But I think if you're asking for a specific like, oh, did this situation like lead directly to something else yeah i guess like in some casting situations and then our previous encounters have led to us now doing this <laughs> this podcast if you will <laughs> yeah a bunch of things that have happened to me that i guess i would put under this umbrella there's not like one particular like oh this one like really jumps out for the sake of having a good anecdote for you here so i failed you and i apologize i'm just kidding <laughs> no it's fine i mean that that's lots of lots of questions what about you mostly the answer to that is no I think I, I don't know, I must have had maybe hundreds at this point of just random coffee meetings or drinks meetings or whatever without a strong intention. You say hundreds? Behind them. Maybe hundreds. Maybe <sighs> over a hundred. You know, I used to be pretty aggressive about it. Wow. That's a, it's a very, very low hit rate. You know, I can think of very few of those things that developed into anything more. And I think mostly it was because I was essentially taking, or the person who was meeting with me was essentially taking like a shot in the dark. You know, there was no, there was no intention behind the meeting. And and as a result, if there's no intention behind it, then there's often nothing to follow up on. Right. And without that follow up, you can't, you don't create a relationship. Right. Mostly the things that have been successful has, have been with, other filmmakers who I respected their work, they respected my work, and as a result, we stayed in touch with each other about various questions or like getting notes from each other, things like that. Uh, a good, I'd, I'd consider him a good friend of mine now. His name's uh, Mike Waite. He's another filmmaker. He, I met him at the very first yeah. film festival I went to, which was um, Mike White. Nice. Not not the Mike, not that Mike White. Oh. A different filmmaker who's oh, also named Mike White. Still, I'm sure this guy's cool yeah. too. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I met him. For, I met him at Damn Short Film Festival, which is the first film festival I went to. Uh, I was going with my thesis film, and yeah, there was a bunch of filmmakers we at that festival. And we all hung out for like the entire week of the short film festival, um, but. Only me and Mike have really continued to stay in communication. And it's because, like, he's followed up with me for notes. I've followed up with him for notes. Like, he came out to, like, a screening of Kiss and Tell uh, just randomly to support me, right? And I've come to support him when I can. And, like, you know, he, he helped out, crewed on a couple of uh, my films. He's he's come and help out on sets and stuff like that. And the, the relationship is mutual and and again it's the same sort of thing of both of us like continuing to follow up with one another you know and keep and make that effort to keep in touch and then not just like a like hey how you doing what's going on with your life kind of thing but like a sincere like trying to strike up a conversation like every few months or so you know yeah nice before let's not forget to do this real quick what are you what's your goals over the next week or so to finish writing that main song or at least like you know have like a solid like i'm sure you know i'll I'll be tweaking it like throughout the process and whatnot but finish writing that and to have started writing out the actual text of the play that for sure i want to email like 50 more reps yeah i'll say those two things then yeah yeah act one goes live on friday so i'm excited about that so do some more you know a little more marketing and stuff for that. But yeah, I would Ooh. say the main things. Yeah, some more marketing for Act 1 and, and the other films as well. What about you? 
take more notes on the last drive-in, which is a feature I'm working on. More do another pass of the urge, and also have an outline of a new short film as another option for the anthology. I think those are my three big goals for cool. the next seven days. Sounds good. All right, better do it. Better take care of your shit, man. I'll be watching you. Wait, what? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I know you're invested, but are there's camera. Are you? Is this place bugged? <laughs> cameras yeah i set up a bunch of shit when i came to your house nice I probably should have told you about that yeah you know ah, it happens <laughs> one of your quirks one of your charming quirks yeah yeah my wife will understand for sure <laughs> all right dude um i'll let you go uh thanks for chatting with me and uh yeah, man. take care of yourself in the meantime man i'll talk soon you too bud all right talk to you soon have a good one see ya bye bye so, Alan, uh, what did you think about our little chit chat we had there two years ago? I loved listening to that conversation. Honestly, like, uh, <laughs> like we were talking about earlier, I, I just it's nice to hear to know the progress that did happen from the things I was talking about then. Uh, yeah, it's, it was it's cool. It was a cool like uh, time capsule listen for me. And I yeah, I, I I loved a lot of the points that we touched on. Yeah, one thing that I just wanted to add to that, uh, just to give sort of some context maybe 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 uh it's in there already but i like networking like trying to develop r- creative relationships and relationships in any industry it's a numbers game it's not something that i think anybody has a really high hit rate at so mm-hmm. what i mean by that is like you're going to have to try to talk to and engage with a lot of people and a lot of those things are not going to turn into anything Right. Um, And that's okay. That's fine because everybody is experiencing the same thing. Like creating a friendship, creating a relationship, creating a connection with somebody just doesn't happen a lot because it doesn't make sense for a lot of people to be strongly connected. Um, Right. And I just wanted to kind of like provide that context for, for everybody that it's like if you've been trying a lot, if you've been trying to talk to people and you've been trying to get out there and network and meet new people, meet new collaborators and stuff, and it hasn't been happening for you, of course, it's always good to look at yourself, see what things you could be doing better, see how your approach could change or, you know, um, you know the things you're talking about, how you're talking to people. It's always good to be aware of that stuff. But also just, like, keep in mind that, you know, if one out of every 10 or 20 people even uh, that you are talking to, engaging with – turns into something more, I'd say that's a really great success rate. Uh, yeah, I, I agree. It's a great point to bring up. I mean, a lot, it's all a constant process of, of putting yourself out there. And again, that's why, you know, if you're doing it for what like you and I deem, not to speak for you, but like the right reasons, quote unquote, just by virtue of this is something you're passionate about. This is something you're compelled to do. And you're trying to forge genuine connections with people and get your work out there and and keep building your community, whether, you know, the community of people who 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 connect with your work, who watch your work, who experience your work, or the community of people who help you bring your work to life. Uh, both, usually, you know. If those are your reasons, then, like, you're going to enjoy the journey anyway. But if you have a certain expectation of, like, all right, if I meet with five people, I've got to, whatever, make something happen with two or three, or whatever it is. The same with, I mean, with anything, with auditions, with film festival submissions. The more you just kind of keep putting yourself out there uh, with conviction and with good reason, you know, then... <laughs> That's that's what you have to do, and you can't really expect. I, I try to be more pleasantly surprised when something "quote unquote" does come of it, and I mean, even when something you know tangible or whatnot doesn't come from it, or something concrete like 
that you can point to, like, oh, this happened because of this meeting. Um, you can still, like, as with anything in life, you still get a lot from it if you have the right perspective and if you're willing to learn from any experience. All right, everybody. I think that's all we got for today. Thank you so much for checking out the Story Life podcast, episode five. Yes, you can contact us at wearestorylife at gmail.com. Also, please check out our website, wearestorylife.com. Where you'll find out lots more about us and what we do and our services, as well as links to our Patreon and social media pages. Yeah, and I'd love to connect with anybody listening to the podcast. You can reach me through Twitter or Instagram or probably some of the best places. Yeah, if you got questions or comments or any thoughts or just want to like say hi, hit me up. Yeah, and same. Uh, you can find me on Facebook, Twitter, and Vimeo at Alan C. Gardner. That's A-L-L-E-N, C. Gardner. And on Instagram at Alan C. Gardner Movies. I uh, also want to plug a few of my movies real fast. Cold Feet is currently available on Amazon Prime, the Roku channel, Google Play, and YouTube. And my other movies are available on several platforms, including Being Awesome, Save Yourself, and Act One on Tubi. And We Got Lucky and Bad Bad Men on Amazon. Thanks to our awesome editor, Mr. Mike Jimenez, for his incredible work. And thanks to our families and friends for all their support. Yes, absolutely. We have many more episodes coming up, so please subscribe and join us next week. And this has been Clinton Cornwell. And this has been Alan C. Gardner. With Story Life Creative. Thanks, guys. Take care.